Let's turn our Bibles today, and I'm not going to keep you long, and uh, I'm really not lying. Uh, <clears throat> I really do want to get you home with your families and get you on the road. They say there's going to be four and a half million people traveling this holiday and uh, this Christmas time to be with family just from the state of Ohio. And uh, that means that Columbus is going to be empty. <laughs> I'm kidding you. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, yeah, I won't say that. Praise God. All right. Uh, Luke, the second chapter, verse 8. And it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in the swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And it came to pass that the angels, as the angels were going away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which is the Lord that hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered and though about those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all those things in her heart and pondered them in her, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want to talk to you today about the day after Christmas. You know, Christmas changes people. It mends families. It mends relationships. It causes people to become tender, causes people to become giving the greatest Scrooge, contrary to the movies, really become tendering givers. They walk past pots that are designed to receive offerings to help families, and they give. Might be their change, but they give. And so Christmas is the time that changes people's hearts. But I want to talk to you about the day after Christmas. Christmas is... I don't know about you, but it's filled with surprises at our house. Usually we think what we, we're going to get, we're going to get, but really in any Christmas house, in any Christmas gift exchange, you expect to get something and you don't even get anything close to it. You expect to get a gift that you're desiring and that you've told people about, and guess what? 
you end up getting something that you have no idea what you're going to do with it except give it to somebody next Christmas. It is filled with surprises. I'm telling you, we wrap things in big boxes and they got little gifts. We put little notes. I think the greatest gift that Phyllis got this year, in fact, she, I heard her telling a, a lady, she said, uh, did, did Pastor get what you want? She said, oh, he's been very good to me. He just doesn't know how good yet. And so I'm figuring coming June and July, I will begin to absorb the massive goodness of Phyllis's Christmas. But there are surprises that come. And I gave Phyllis a little surprise. It was, I think, her cherished, most cherished gift, besides all that I'm going to have to pay for. It was a little note that said, any day that you want of my life, you can have. Now, I did see her at the copier making copies of it. She thinks that I haven't numbered that with the invisible number on the back. I know that I only made one. But we are, we, it is filled with surprises in our life. And so here we are, another Christmas. Typical of every Christmas. And if you've been saved 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and there's only a couple people in here old enough to have been saved that long, but you've been to that many Christmases, you've heard the story about Mary. You've heard the story about Gabriel. You've heard the story about the shepherds, about the wise men. You've heard all of the Christmas stories that you really want to hear, and you're here today hoping that today's message is going to be short and sweet to the point so you can get on with your real Christmas celebration. I understand all of that. And sometimes Christmas comes to us so many times in so many ways that we really get to the point that we just get bored with the Christmas message and we forget about everything that God has done in it. So I thought I'd take it instead of talking about Christmas, I think I'll talk about the day after Christmas. Hallelujah. We've all heard too many stories about vacant rooms and vacant lives, no room for a king and no room for a baby. So I want to talk to you about being active about the day after Christmas. We all know here today that Jesus was the son of the living God. We know that he was born of a virgin. We know that he has fulfilled over 3,000 promises. And in fact, in a calculus program, one compared to 157, that means that there is one trillion, one trillion, one in a trillion times that that could ever happen. Yet Jesus filled 3,000 prophetic declarations and brought to pass 3,000 promises for every believer. Impossible, but it happened. We've all heard about the stories of men that are still seeking him and wise men that have found him. But somehow, no matter what we do and what we offer, 
the world is still disinterested in what took place on Christmas. Now, they celebrate it, but they just simply don't know why they celebrate it. They celebrate it because it's a tradition. But that's not what Christmas is all about anyway. You and I both know that. We know that we don't need any more gifts. I don't know when you get my age, or at least Phyllis tells me, that we just buy what we want as we go. But every year she gives me a Christmas list. I don't know how that works because she does buy what she wants through the year. I guess she just saves up for the big items on Christmas. But what we need to get on Christmas and what everybody needs is not just another gift in a package. We need to see and we need to receive the gift of the Savior that could free us from sin, free us from a place where sin has dominion over us and where we can be reconciled back unto our Father God that created us in the beginning. But we need to receive that gift by faith. So I want to talk to you today about things that will make you and I different. In Luke, the second chapter in verse 8, the angel appears under shepherds. Typical men working hard for a living, trying to carve out something for their families. And in a moment, faster than time could tell, the scene changes. An angel appears. And he begins to tell them what Christmas is all about. They get so excited that as soon as the angel and his heavenly host, it says a multitude of the heavenly host. I don't, I don't know, there might have been a million, might have been as far as the eye could see. Because the birth of Christ was an awaited, expected moment that God at an appointed time sent forth his son born of a woman. Galatians 4, 2 down through 6. That time had come and God reveals the goodness and the mercy of his faithfulness from Genesis 3, 15 through 18 to man. A seed, a son born of a woman comes to bruise Satan's head that you and I could be free. And it goes on and tells the story how the angels sang, how earth-shattering it must have been. The men must have thought, can this really be true? And yes, it was true. So here, things automatically change, and angels are singing and praising God. The shepherds impacted, impacted by what has just happened. They say these words, let us go and see if this is real. Let us go and see what the Lord hath done. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is in verse 17. And it says, in Luke the second chapter in verse 17, it says, And when they had seen it, 
they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. The day after Christmas. Christmas, a child is born. They found a child laying in a manger, just like the angel said. But then it says they do something the day after Christmas. God has spoken. God has changed the world. They have seen something that very few see. And so the first thing they do is what you and I should do after Christmas. We should go and tell what we know. Could I get an amen? We are not just to see what God has done, but we are to be impacted by what God has done. And sometimes we've seen the manger so many times that we forget that it's real. We lose our passion for what God has told us to do when we saw the manger, when we saw his gift of salvation granted to us. When we first see it, we are so filled with joy. It transforms our life. It transcends every place of rhyme and reason, and we embrace what God has done by faith. And it revolutionizes our lives, and we, like the shepherds, we are transformed. We lay everything aside, and we embrace what has been declared unto us. And we see what God has sent. We see the truth of the Savior. We see what God has said in the Scripture to be true. But here it says, and then after that day, the next day after they have discovered the truth of what the angels have declared to them, as you and I discover the realities and the truth, when somebody bore the story of Christ's life for us, you and I were filled with passion and zeal, and we went out and we began to spread the gospel and tell them of the story. The city literally became filled with the story, wondering, who is this child that is born? Is it true or is it not? Their lives were changed. The day after Christmas transformed their life. The day after Christmas, they immediately went out and started telling people what had transpired, what God had said. And the question is this to us today. You know, we have the Great Commission. Go ye into all of the world. Why? Because the world needs the story. And the world can't hear the story unless somebody goes and tells them because the principle is that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear except somebody goes and preaches and tells them what they have already discovered and affirmed to be truthful and workable in their life. And who can tell any better than those that have transformed their life by seeing a Savior, God's only begotten Son. Who else can tell the story greater than you? No one. But we have a great commission that we are to go. So we celebrate Christmas, but let us not turn around tomorrow and think, well, thank God that season is done. 
The work is finished. Let's clean up. Let's get the tree down. And I understand getting back to life, but what we don't want to do is pretend like Christmas did not impact our life any more than just obtaining a few materialistic goods that have no influence, no lasting effect upon our life. We must go and tell. Could I get an amen? We need to be like the shepherds. We need to go and tell. Tell the story about what God has done. Tell the story about the Savior that has come. Tell the story about how it has transformed our lives. Tell the story that only we can tell. Tell the story that God has unveiled to you and I when we receive Jesus Christ our personal Savior. And when you tell this story, there are going to be two reactions. In other words, people are going to wonder, who is this child? You know, when we tell the story, immediately people are going to react to us like, you're a lunatic. No intelligent person would believe such a story. And the only reason that we believe the story is because it's not something we are repeating, it's something that we have seen and something that we have experienced. And what you cannot do is take away the story of somebody that has had an experience. See, you might be able to twist and turn and take away or disquiet someone that is trying to repeat somebody else's story. But when you have your own story, when you have seen the manger, when you have heard about the life, and when you have seen the cross, you are persuaded that there was a Savior from heaven. And not only do you tell the story out of verse and content, but you tell it out of an experience, my life has been changed. And there are always going to be people that say this cannot be. There are always going to be people that say that was just an ordinary child. There's always going to be people that say, well, you know, there are many religions in the world. Well, there are many things. You know, you've just turned over a new leaf. I, I congratulate you. That may be the response of one sect of people. But then there is the response of the people that look at your life. It is a response of the people that say, you know, I have seen a change. I've seen how you've changed how you talk, how you think, how you treat people. I've seen that your actions are different. I see that you are devoted to certain things in life that seem dismissed by you before. I can see that there has been something that has happened in your life. And they can see the passion. They can read the presence. They can read what your heart is filled with. They can hear it in every word that you speak, and they can see it in everything that you do. They know that something has changed, even though they might not be sure. Their response is this. Something has happened in your life. I'm not sure but I see it. There are two responses to the story of Christ. The story of Christ will stir people 
to believe or cause people to respond in a negative way. That is the two responses. People will wonder when they see you and hear your story. I remember the first time that I called. I got saved right after the new year, 36 years ago. And I called a friend that had been witnessing to me at my workplace. He was a Baptist. And that was better than what I was. I wasn't anything. And I called him and I said, hey, I just got saved. And he said, oh, that's good. And I thought, I thought he would be so thrilled and so happy. I remembered telling him that if you witness to me one more time, I'm going to knock your brains out on this concrete. And I remember him saying, I'll pray for you. I said, as long as I don't hear you, that's fine. But if I hear you, I'm telling you it's not going to be good. But now here I am saved. I tell him he's filled with doubt, reservations, and questions. Until about three or four months later, I was swinging a 20-pound sledgehammer, and I missed what I was swinging at, and I hit my leg. And instead of cussing, I said, well, praise the Lord. And he looked at me out of that simple witness, and he said, you really are saved, aren't you? And I said, yes. So sometimes there is the positive and the negative out of it. Those are going to be the people that wonder what has happened to this individual. And then in Luke, the second chapter, in verse 20, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now these shepherds return to the mundane, boring, everyday workplace. They've been impacted. They've been changed. But like everybody, they have to put their hands to the plow. They go back to what they would think was routine. And that's what's going to happen today. After this service is over, we're going to go back to routine Christmas celebrations. Hopefully tomorrow when we go back to work or as we begin to return gifts and so forth, that we're going to be different. And this Christmas is going to change us. And the day after Christmas is going to be something different than it has ever been to our life. It might be a time that you would say, I've restored myself, I've reset myself, I've restarted myself, I've refreshed myself. Whatever button that is pushed today, I hope that you are different tomorrow and that we are not the same people, but that we, as the shepherds, when we see what God has done for us in the giving of His Son, that you and I are transformed and that we grab a hold of what God really has done for us at Christmas. I hope our passions are restored. But here it tells us that they return praising and glorifying God for all things that they had heard. The word glory simply means that they were expressing the reality of who God was. They were revealing the effect that he has had on their life. 
they were showing that their devotion had switched from one area of life to another place of life, and they were not the same men. I hope today that we end up being different people. There had been a transformation that had taken place. What a difference. I remember Reverend Bagwell preached what a difference a year makes, but here what a difference just one day makes from Christmas to the day after. They went and told. They were different men. Their priorities were different. But then it comes time as the city is stirred with this crazy notion that a child is God in the flesh. His name is Emmanuel. God is with us. These shepherds return, just like you and I are going to do. They're going to go back to their job. They're going to go back to their factory, their office, their workplace. And they're going to go back, and really Christmas is not even going to be mentioned. It's just going to say, well, it's back to the old grindstone. And Christmas will just be a memory unless today affects you so that the day after Christmas is different. These men went back, back to the place of isolation. And there are hundreds of people that we know that are isolated. They feel rejected. They're lonely. They're away from the busyness of life and the busyness of the city. And it seemed like they're alone. Wherever they are, they're alone. Some may be broken. Some may have been hurt. Some may have been offended. Some may have disliked something that has taken place, but they've withdrawn. But as we go back into our workplaces Monday, as we go back into our jobs, the place that just seem mundane, sometimes working can be very boring, but it can also be very real and filled with service as we work, not unto men, but as unto God. And so then, they find themselves going back to what is ordinary. Christmas for them is over. They've went and they've told. And then they go back to their workplace. But there's something about these men. They go back to their job glorifying God, testifying of His goodness, telling the effect of the Savior of their life. And they go back glorifying and praising God. And no matter who passes them in this little obscure place of their labor, of their work, maybe it's your work booth, maybe it's your office slot, maybe it's your office on an executive floor, maybe it's whatever you do in your truck, but there was something on the inside of these men that they could not contain. And they begin to tell. They begin to share with a passion what had happened to them. And the question is today, tomorrow is going to come. Are we going to be different? Are we going to tell? Are we going to accept that some will believe and some will not believe? And are we going to return to our workplaces change men and women because we have seen 
what the manger holds, the destiny of all humanity, salvation for us all. Will we be refreshed or will we just walk away experiencing one more Christmas and not being changed by it at all? Tomorrow is coming, the day after Christmas. Will it find you being as passionate as these shepherds? Will it find you telling the story and causing men to wonder? Will it find you returning to your workplace with a new excitement, a new passion, a refreshing, a stirring of ourself? That there is a praise and there is a testimony to tell of what God has done to us. It's up to us. It's not up to God. God has unveiled what is in the manger. The question is, what will we do after the day of the celebration of seeing God's salvation? I want to challenge you today that we take hold of the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to encourage you that you don't look at your workplace as a place of drudgery, but a place that you get to share your testimony, that you get to show the attitude of somebody that believes that there's more to life than just a workplace that you show in attitude, in conversation, and in good deeds to those that are around you, that you believe that there's something more to life than just getting money to get ahead, but that you are there to serve people, to testify of God, and to show people that you have been transformed by a Savior born in a manger. Tomorrow is coming. Where will it find you? Tomorrow's coming. Will you be telling your story? Tomorrow's coming. Will you be transformed? Will you be testifying? Will you be praising God no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at? Because you may not be in the best place, but the place that you're at can be changed by the praise and the revelation that God has sent a Savior for your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. Father, today, make us different. Let not this Christmas celebration Taint us in a negative way. God, let us not be bored with seeing our Savior in a manger. Let us not be bored, God, with hearing the testimony of the heavens opening and the angels singing glory to God, giving praise to God in the highest. God, let us never get weary of revisiting and bowing our knee at a manger knowing 
And that child is God himself that has come to redeem us. And that we need him far more than he needs us. God, let us this Christmas become passionate. Let us become storytellers. Let us become testifiers. Let us become transformed people. And let us return, God, to the places that we're known at. But let them see us as something different. Let them know that we have experienced the greatest gift of all. Jesus Christ, life eternal. Our substitute, our Savior, the reason for this Christmas. We celebrate God breathing us today new passion. Breathe in us the boldness that we used to have. Breathe into us, God, the joy of our salvation. Breathe into us new passions that God people will hear and wonder will set in. God, we ask you to touch us today, this Christmas day, this Christmas season that we will move out of it into the day after Christmas. And God, we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I know you're going to be blessed and I know you're going to have a great day today. And remember, try to share Christ in all that you do today. In every gift that you give, remember, He is the most precious gift that a man can receive. God bless you.